Hello and welcome to Wonder Indiana. I am your host, Katie Wonderly. Happy spring! Ah, this is one of my favorite times of year. I love spring. Uh, Around our parts of Indiana, uh, this time of year right now, people are getting ready to take off the maple syrup taps. Maple syrup festivals are going on. Uh, People are starting to go out and look for morel mushrooms. um, and Everything's just starting to green up. I, I love this time of year and watching nature wake up from winter and transform into spring. <clears throat> I saw a story on the news a couple weeks ago, uh, I think it, it was on CBS Sunday morning, um, about how, how cell phone pictures and, and people taking cell phones are ruining our, our vacations and ruining our ex- experiences. And I, th- I thought it was a really good story. Um, the, one of the examples that they used on the story was they, uh, they showed people that were at the Louvre in Paris, and there were uh, about uh, probably about 60 people in front of the Mona Lisa. Um, and of the 60 people, I think only about five of them were actually studying the picture, admiring the picture, and the rest of the people were just taking selfies. Um, and, you know, it really makes you think, like, you know, wh- why are we paying to go on vacation if all we're doing is not paying attention and just taking pictures of ourselves? Um, you know, you really need to live in the moment and experience uh, what you're there for and learn and soak it all in. Um, and, you know, I was talking to a coworker about this and her argument was, well, you know, you when you go someplace, you want to take a picture to prove that you were there and you want to have that memory. And and I, I understand that. I, I do get that argument. I, I um I, I definitely, if someone's around to take your picture, I mean, I, I would I would take a selfie of myself if I'm someplace really cool, but it just, um, I don't know. It all, I mean, I, it's something that I, it was a mistake that I realized on the trip that I, I took this past week with my daughter, Violet, um, was I, we went to the Ohio Caverns, which were incredible. And while we were on the tour, I realized I was more worried about getting her to look at, at my camera um, than what we were there for, which was exploring the caves. You know, in the middle of me, trying, I was like sternly getting, telling her, look at me, look at me, so I could get the perfect picture. Um, so, you know, she didn't care. She she doesn't care. She was there to see what it was like underground. Um, and so, so you know, it's just that kind of, it's something to think about. So that leads us into this week's podcast, uh, which is the awe-inspiring Ohio Caverns. So Violet and I made the easy drive over to West Liberty, Ohio, uh, to the Ohio Caverns, which was a really, really interesting place. Um, it was really nice, really clean. You pull into this nice area. They have a couple of historic signs up, um, and they have a, a really nice facilities, picnicking area, playground, a really cool rock shop, um, and then they offer gemstone and mineral mining. Uh, they have a really cool amethyst and citronite display. Uh, they're part of the National Caving Association, and the Ohio Caverns is the largest of all cave systems in Ohio um, and contains uh, a, an abundant amount of crystal formations. Um, about 90% of its stalactite and stalagmite for- formations are still growing, um, and the cavern was originally an aquifer um, that was it was an underground river um, from glacier water. Um, uh, one of the one of the reasons we decided to go to the Ohio Caverns is it was raining this past weekend. It was kind of gross, and we wanted to go do something fun. Uh, wanted to get out of the house, and so we decided to go underground. and um, And it's always fifty four degrees at the Ohio Caverns, which that was kind of a draw for me. Fifty four degrees is a little warmer than the typical Indiana winter weather, and so so um, while we were down there, uh, the air felt 
wet, uh, but it was fresh and it was invigorating. It wasn't really slippery. Um, you know, not like you would think, you know, dripping water in a cave, you would think it, it might be kind of slippery, but it wasn't too bad. Uh, but I do recommend wearing shoes with good traction um, and wearing, taking a sweatshirt with you or a, a long sleeve shirt. They had three different, uh, there, there are three different cavern tours that are offered May through September. There's the Natural Wonder Tour, the Historic Tour, and the Limestone Tours. Um, due to the time of year that we visited, we had to do the Winter Tour, um, but that was actually perfect for Violet's Little Legs, so I wasn't, wasn't arguing. We got to see what we wanted, uh, and it was the perfect amount of time. They also offer a self-guided tree tour um, that's above ground. It's a free tour, and it's great for all ages. You can get a map at the gift shop, and uh, there are over uh, 20 trees that you can check out on, on the tree tour, including the silver maple, Ohio buckeye, eastern red cedar, black cherry, sassafras, and many more. Uh, going back to a little bit of the cave history, um, sorry, I kind of jumped into the tours there, but go, going back a little bit, um, the Ohio Caverns were discovered in 1897 uh, by Robert Knopfsinger, who was a hired farmland uh, hired by the property owner that the caves were discovered on. Uh, the property owner's name was William Reams. So Reams had noticed that there was a sinkhole forming on his property, and he was he was curious about it, so he hired this kid, Knopfsinger, from Virginia to to come over to Ohio, um, and he and Knopfsinger started digging, and uh, it started opening up, and they were noticing that there was water, um, you know, go going down into the sinkhole, and so they started opening it up, and then uh, Knopfsinger uh, eventually was able to, to climb down inside, and he held up a lantern and saw that it went back even further, and he went 802 feet into the caverns that day. Um, and and that was the first. He was the first human to ever enter the, ca the the caverns. William Reen sold the land in 1922 to two brothers from Dayton, Ohio, Allen and Ira Smith, who hired a team of workers to help them ex excavate the rest of the caverns. And they had an, a dream of opening it opening it up as a tourist attraction. And um, their team spent three and a half years digging and preparing the tunnels um, for the tours that, that take place today. The Smith family opened their business in 1925, um, but it did not include the original opening um, that, that was discovered by Reams and Knopfsinger. That opening, it's in a wooded area across the street from um, from where the tours are located now, and it's... Um, it, Really, really kind of interesting, but it's kind of creepy too. I mean, going down in a sinkhole, you don't know what you may expect, but this, uh, what a huge payoff for an off singer to get down there and see all these crystals and it just, uh, oh my gosh, it would be so incredible to discover something like that. Okay, jumping back into the tour. Um, all along the tour, one of the, uh, you're kind of going along this narrow passageway. You don't, there are no stairs going directly in. I mean, cause obviously you're going down into a cavern. So you start in the gift shop and they have a door opening, uh, with stairs that go deep down into the cavern. And so it's about 60 steps down. Um, and you're going through this narrow walkway. They have a, a tour, tour guides with you and the tour guides are fantastic. Um, there it's, it's lit along the way and they do turn off the lights at one point during the tour so you can see what it's like to be in complete darkness under the cave. Violet wasn't really too crazy about that part. Um, luckily, they only turned the lights off for about 30 seconds, so it's really not not too bad, but it is complete darkness, and it would be, I couldn't even imagine what it would be like to be down there, um, you know, back before it had opened digging and 
uh, no lights and maybe it caves. Oh, creepy. Oh, let's not think about that. Let's get back to the, the coolness of this cave. Um, so along the, the tour, uh, we come into the big room, which is the largest room in, in the cave. Uh, it holds hundreds of formations, including the tallest column in the cave. Uh, it was just over five feet tall. During the early days uh, when the, the, the Smiths did their tours, uh, touching the formations was not prohibited. Um, but there are many formations in the big room um, where you can tell that people be before, when it was, when it, was blah, it has never been allowed to touch the formations, but you can t there were several people that entered the cave and did touch them before they set the rule, no touching. And um, you, you can tell they have one stalactite that they, uh, excuse me, stalagmite that they will show you. It's called the good, it was at one point called the good luck crystal that they would, um, people would rub for good luck. And uh, one somebody, you know, people started noticing over the years that this crystal was getting really, really dirty and really nasty. And so um, no more touching allowed. They now call that the dirty crystal. Ugh. So, uh, yeah, it's it's like a nasty brown stain from the oils in your hand. And so absolutely no touching the stalactites or the stalagmites because you're going to ruin them. Uh, as you continue on, uh, you come to the Palace of the Gods room, which is the most photographed room in the caverns because of its variety of colors and formations. Uh, there are examples of every type of formation in the cave. There's iron oxide formations, manganese dioxide formations, calcite, stalactites, stalagmites, columns, flowstones, soda straws, helictites, dual formations. It, it, oh, it's incredible. Um, dual formations are formations growing, uh, one formation growing on on top of another, and they're extremely rare. And the Ohio Caverns is the only known cave in North America and one of very few in the world known to have dual formations. Uh, the tour lasted just under an hour, um, and at that point, Violet was ready to get back above ground and run around a little bit before we had to get back in the car and, and head back home. Um, so it was, you know, it, it was a really, really cool trip. If you, um, you're looking for something different to go do with the family or just something to go do with yourself. It's, um, I mean, I know two and a half hours, is kind of a long commitment. Um, but depending on where you're at in the country, maybe closer, maybe way further, uh, go check out a cave system closer to you. It's just, it's just really cool to go underground and see, see something new or see something that you haven't seen before. This week I have four things that I want you to try to get outside and do this spring, and I promise you will feel good if you do. Uh, number one, dance in the rain. Number two, write your name with sticks. Number three, blow dandelion seeds out into the wind. And number four, make music with natural objects. My mirror quote this week is, the power of imagination makes us infinite. Uh, that one makes me feel really good. It's, it's, I, it's so true. You know, uh, no matter where you are, get out and enjoy nature. I hope you're enjoying your spring break. Get outside, and I look forward to talking to you all next week uh, about a new adventure. Thank you, and have a great day. Bye.